Nick. Yeah. You've drank us to Warwickshire about wine. This is two hours. <laughs> two yeah, hours drive from home. Yeah. We'd come to see On you. a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> On the A46. That's why. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say two words. <laughs> Prices, spices. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we've known uh, Michael for a little bit, I yeah. think, haven't we? So um, he is with us. So hi, Mike. How you doing, bud? Very good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for uh, having us here in this wonderful little unit actually we're actually next to a brewery which um i actually found quite disappointing when i realized that wasn't you so uh, <laughs> we have to go to um so you run price of spices um give us a background so when did you start why did you do so, it so well it was a bit of a strange one i grew too many chilies in 2011 and somebody who uh, was long gone from the chili community these days uh, is a name that's uh, Dare I say it, a guy called Ed that had two horses told me to go to London's first chilli festival. So yeah, Mr. Maruga Scorpion. So I've got him to blame for the fact that I'm now 10 years into the chilli business. So yeah, we went to London's first chilli festival. Uh, I think that was September 23rd, 2013. Uh, so yeah, we're literally coming up for our 10 year anniversary. So we went down there, we took five products. We had our Peppy Piccalilli, which is now just called Piccalilli. We had our Italian Tingler, Horner's Aftermath, Haitian Sensation and Italian Stallion Chili Sauce. All of which still exist, although we're probably about to drop Italian Stallion. We've got more products we want to bring out. So we had those five. We virtually sold out and uh, we basically decided to then book uh, Burton-upon-Trent Chili Festival where I met you guys for the first time. So yeah, 10 years ago. Wow, that's a December, I think. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it was. It was yeah. December, I, re- yeah. I remember seeing Dave turn up in the morning and it was extremely hanging. <laughs> yeah, that could have been any given day, to be honest. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> you weren't looking much better, though, to be fair. Again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could have been the heaven given day, mate. Yeah. Well, Burton-on-Trent, there's a lot of breweries. And, uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of pubs. Yeah, isn't there just... Sorry, Nick, you were going to say something, mate. No, I was going to say, was, the Brennan Trent one has always got my favourite one. It's one we always bring up at um, loads of, of chili events where some guy would come up and he'd go, I can eat a Vindaloo's, I do this, <laughs> I do this regularly. And then the end of the chili contest lasted about four rounds in a day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because I always thought, so, I, do you know what? what? Obviously, we meet a lot of people and I don't remember everything. Because I thought initially you were spice blends. Because you do have a lot of them still, don't you? And you're we've got a few, yeah. We've got the four spire, the meat rubs. Then we've got the Mexican sort. You've got the Cajun chili, fajita, taco. Uh, and there's like Bombay. There's, there's a few. So, yeah, there is there is a good few in there. Yeah, all right, fair enough. What makes a good meat rub? Uh, putting the layers of flavour in there. You don't want it too salty. You want yeah. some good seasoning. And you want decent quality spices in there. So if you're going to use paprika, don't buy the cheap crappy stuff. No. Buy some decent stuff. But it's, a, it's about balance, you know, don't go too heavy on any one thing, just add one thing to it at a time and decide what's going to make something work. Don't just put a load of things together and go, oh, that was fairly tasty. It's like making any sort of product, in my personal opinion. You've just got to keep adding to it and tweaking it, yeah. and at some point stop and realise you've created a masterpiece. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, yeah, salt, salt's quite a key one, isn't it? I think, um, you know, we, we, we uh, I'm digressing slightly, but we, we teach spice blending classes and salt is the last thing we'll ever bring out onto the table and explain, yeah, because it's too salty. You just, yeah, it's no good. It's just going to take all the moisture out. You just might as well, you know, exactly. slice up a piece of slightly flavoursome leather, isn't it? And that's that, so... Also working out, if you don't use the right salt and you've got salts with anti-caking agents and you've uh, got yeah. little... Bits of different taste coming out of the salt through to the additives in the salt. Is yeah, salt. I fully agree. Bring it out last. Yeah, but you do you do a chipotle salt? 
Uh, don't, it's not salt, it's, it's just salt, uh, chipotle chilli powder. Oh, so it was originally from our own chipotles uh, that we had on the chilli farm, and since then we've basically still sold chipotle powder that's nice. been sourced decent quality. So you're smoking your own? Uh, was doing at some point and then realised that didn't have enough time in the day. So, yeah, some things you have to cut back on. Oh, so. absolutely. I mean, that's just it because it, it takes a little while, doesn't it? And, yeah. it's, and then you've got the drying and everything else. Yeah, people don't realise, I think, sometimes when it comes to chilies, the, the work that's needed just to get it into a powder form as well. It was all good and well picking, uh, you know, 20, 30 kilos of uh, jalapenos every few days out of the polytunnels. But when you've got to then start doing all the work on them, yeah, you've got to there's, uh, there's a lot of time and effort goes into that. Yeah, absolutely. I see it with destalking and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, with freezer spaces. I mean, what do you do? Do you, um, unless you don't want to give it away as a trade secret, but do you blitz down and then freeze? Or? So if I, so, all the chillies that get froze, they uh, literally started out life as whole pods. Destalked, washed thoroughly twice, yeah. uh, dried as much as we can, and they literally then just get blitzed. So we'll chop them in half to make sure there's no caterpillars got in there because yeah, yeah. you know we can't say that it's a vegetarian item otherwise. <laughs> uh, then basically we just blitz them into a complete paste and put them into uh, plastic takeaway tubs, and they'll freeze like little gold bricks for God knows how long. Yeah, well, I so do. Best way. So yeah, we've got life. six chest freezers full. Well, they're not quite full now, but so we've got three here. We've got three back at home. Yeah. So if we do lose power for more than a few days, we've not lost the entire lot yeah, of chili. That's good. To Safety know, in numbers. As um, I mean, can you mention vegetarian then? I mean, veganism is big at the moment. Um, do you find that you need to adjust or pander to that to any degree, or do you make what you make? And if it happens to be vegan, it's vegan. If it isn't, it isn't. Or exactly that. I've had people asking me to, you know, all right. We digress slightly by talking about charcuterie, but people saying, "Oh, can you do a, a vegan vegetarian version of your endure?" No, I can't. My charcuterie business is meat-based solely. And if you're vegetarian or vegan, very sorry, walk on by and go and find a vegan stall. That's pretty much how it is. I have one product with Price is Spices called Thai Italian Tingler. It has fish sauce in it. I'm not taking the fish sauce out because it ruins the product. It changes the product so yeah. much. So the other 35 products that I sell are pretty much vegan. So there you go. Stick with them ones. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That was that joke, wasn't it, that I used to me the other day. So... um a vegan and a vegetarian jump off a cliff. Who wins? Society. <laughs> <laughs> this what is it to say, though? Aren't vegans just uh, con- considered free range in the uh, zombie apocalypse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that joke was actually a kid who, had, who was doing a, a video call to, a, I think it was an Australian news, news yeah. show, and he did it on that, and it was like, only a kid could get away with saying that for a time, right? <laughs> <laughs> no one else could do it. Exactly. Um, we don't. We don't hate vegans, by the way. But I just, it's, I just thought it was a funny joke. It's one of those. No, exactly. You know, what? just on that and talking about food, this one really does get my go. So when it comes to making, you know, labels and front of pack labels and all the, the twenty-seven page guide that us producers yeah. have to look at and work out what we need on there. And by the way, don't try and copy the likes of the bigger brands like Cottage Delight because they get it worse than anybody. But trading standards aren't interesting. Anyway, <laughs> the problem is is the fact that if you mention something on the front, you have to declare how much on the back. You do. So, Q-I-D. Yeah, yeah, quid. Yeah, yeah, quantitative ingredients. So how come if you've got no chicken, chicken dippers? Yeah. Sorry, you've called it chicken twice, mm-hmm. but there's no chicken in there. It's a complete false sale. You mm. can't tell me how much chicken's on the back because there isn't chicken in no. it. But yeah. you mentioned chicken twice. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, the, for me, vegans have probably actually ruined vegetarianism. My wife will eat fish, and she used to quite like a spicy beef burger. Uh, sorry, spicy bean burger from Burger King. Okay, now stops it. 
So they've now got their plant-based burger. Right. Have you tried it? No. No, don't. It tastes more chickeny than a chicken burger. Oh, really? And it's just odd. Oh, wow. It's got weird texture to it. <laughs> if, you were, if you were starving, it's all right, but it's just a bit strange for the fact that it's a plant-based burger and it tastes like chicken. Wow, that's bizarre. So, yeah, but you can't now even go to a supermarket and get a standard nut roast. Everything's no chicken, chicken something, fake yeah, beef. Yeah. It's all trying to be something for those people that have converted from eating meat yeah. to now being vegan. So I personally don't understand it. No, oh, no I, I, I don't. <laughs> Genu- quite, quite genuinely, I believe if you want to save the planet, eat local. Yeah. That's, that's my way of looking at it. So exactly. I don't think it needs to be that you've got to cut out meat and this, that and the other. And I mean, I'm not going to go into it on this podcast right now, but there are there is a lot of evidence showing that the rise in veganism is actually causing a lot of destruction in, in various parts of the world because of the farming required to produce the products that are substituting meat. So it's for me, I don't think it's, it's a, 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 a sustainable lifestyle, personally. I think eat local. That's, exactly. That's where I would do it. Couldn't agree more. Every, every single time. You know, we, we're fortunate that... I get to work at a farm like and bring produce home. You know, I've got cavalonera and beetroot and everything coming at my ears at the moment. But um, it, that, that to me is the way forward. It is. Definitely. Nick, you have a smoke on your face, bud. <laughs> oh, I was just saying that now we've digressed into the completely alternative way of the stuff. This podcast was about saving local swim pools, wasn't yeah. it? I forget what we were doing from the outset now. Yeah, go on, let's get back on track. Yeah, get back on So if, if it's someone's. Brand new to your range of, of, of products, what would be the one which you would say they have to go for first? Uh, India Joywala every time. So, I mean, it's it's got a bit of spice in there and the business is about making spicy products. So it's like a Rogan Josh Jar Fraser here. Yeah. But when you can magically talk to somebody about how the flavour profile is going to work on their palate and you're describing what's happening exactly in their mouth, they're like, wow, was that a magic trick? But yeah, it's it's just a it's an absolute you know, game changer for the fact that I mean, my son yesterday when we were driving up north in the van, he says, "Dad, I've got a great idea." I'm like, "Okay, this sounds interesting." Sometimes they are, sometimes they are. <laughs> he says, "Why don't you bring out a zero heat version of India Joywala for those people that don't like it spicy because the product is so good?" I had nothing to say. I was like, you know what? I think you're right. I think yeah, you should yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't even know why I've never thought about that myself. And I'm oh. slightly disappointed of not, but he has come up with okay, a good idea. Okay, so Indian no joy while then. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the naming of it, actually, for those that don't know, so basically, I've got a jar in my hand, India joy while there's a chilli out that the Indians generally use in most chutneys, and that's called an India Juwala or a Pusa Juwala. Yeah. So that was where the naming convention comes from, and the reason why it's called Joy is the fact that it's got Dorset Nagas in, which were originated by a Joy Michaud, Joy yeah, and Michael Michaud. So that's why it's called India Joy Wild. But no, I'd recommend that one every day of the week, just for the fact that it's it's my kind of different product, and it's just it's just gorgeous. So what else is in it then? So you've got uh, cumin seeds, kalonji seeds, mustard seeds. Uh, they're all hand tempered. Uh, at different ratios because obviously the uh, the black onion seeds will pretty much char very easily yeah. so they just the oils start coming out and then we put that into the uh, the pineapple that's uncooked you've got sugar in there you've got a bit of pectin to thicken it up uh, and fresh lemon juice so everything's natural that goes in it and it's just absolutely gorgeous so the texture is not completely runny but not completely set it's just it's somewhere in between it's so it's, yeah, so okay. it's, it's great for going on a sandwich if you want to forget the butter. And, you know, like cheese plowman sandwich, absolutely great. Use it instead of the butter. You could put it on a pork tenderloin, blind bake it in the oven, it'll go sticky, gooey, slightly nice. sweet. 
but yeah, it was originally just designed to go on a popadom. If I'm completely honest with you, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got so many uses. But that that's my one product that I would recommend to anybody. What what, what I what I also like about your your products is that. When you refer to the heat level, you also show on the side as it's as a picture of with the chillers. But you also refer to a curry, which would be that same sort of heat, rather than being like just saying this is a medium. Yeah, or... for me, it's like when I first looked at uh, chili products, so I looked at uh, Mr. Vicky's. We I before I got started, and I used to buy a lot of Mr. Vicky's. Still do. There's a heat scale on there. But what is zero and what is ten? You know, it's like, so does somebody it? stop at kind of a medium heat or does they keep going until it's kind of lava and it's going to melt your face off? Yeah. So if you reference something that most people on the, you know, British citizens have eaten, i.e. a curry, you're pretty much going to give a ballpark figure of, is it a korma, is it a tikka, is it a boona, is it a vindaloo? It's just, it's helpful. And that then allows people, especially when they're sampling on the stall, to go... It probably is too hot for me. I'm not going to go for it. And then when they've tasted the other ones, it might get brave and then try one that's probably out of their heat level. Yeah, yeah. Because different way we, of doing it. Even when we do uh, reviews, we always have, like we go, "Well, it's an eight out of ten. But we always say this is for us, and obviously we eat chili products every day of the week. So for an eight for us is a is, is quite a strong strong product. It's, it's trying to get your mind into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was all relative, mindset, isn't yeah. it? But I do. I like the curry idea. I do because I think we we find it. You know, we we do obviously. You see, we do like the chili contests and various things at festivals, and and we'll often find people come up to us and say, "Oh, I'm pretty good. I can eat a fowl. I can eat a vindaloo, and this and the other." And they're, they're trying to flex with that kind of information, <laughs> but. It's like, dudes, you know nothing. But okay, you know that's 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 something. I suppose. It's but, almost like when you get people stood in front of you say, "Ah, oh, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm of Asian descent, so I can eat really spicy stuff." Doesn't make a difference. <laughs> no, you've still got the same TRPV one receptors that's wired to your brain. You're either going to find it hot or it's going to kill you. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's more to do with numbers as well, isn't it? Because exactly. you know, your, your TRPVs and mine are different numbers, yeah. and same as Nick. So yeah, and the pH balance of what's in your mouth to what's in my mouth right now will yeah. all taste stuff different, and that will also affect the heat of the chili. Yeah, in my absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, there's lots of variables, and I think a lot of people don't realise that. But uh, it's, it's quite fascinating that kind of thing. I like I like yeah. that. I like that info. Um, so you said. Before you started Mr. Vicky's and stuff like that, are there any products out there on the market that you kind of think, God, oh, I wish I'd made that, I wish that was mine, you know? Uh, you don't have to name the brand or anything if you don't want to, but is there anything that you just go, wow, that is something else? I've got to be honest, there's, there's, there's been a couple of things that I've eaten and gone, I've enjoyed that. Now, I'm going to say it's, uh, the one thing wasn't necessarily somebody else's chilli product, but I, I went to India and I went to... Uh, Old Goa, Old Town Goa, yeah, back yeah. in 2003, 2004. And before we went, I cooked Madder Jaffrey's original 1980 cookbook. This was the uh, the Goan prawn curry. Yeah. Well, anyway, cooked it. I was like, that's pretty tasty. Went to Goa, got the same curry. And it was like, I was like, well, okay, seemingly cooked that <laughs> quite well. I was like, I've got to be able to put this in a jar. And because right. that was so damn tasty, it was my pursuit. And I spent three years in order to do it. Because the curry is basically lots of fresh ginger, lots of fresh garlic, Yum. and the way it cooks, it's not something you can make into a paste easily. Right, okay. So it's got a lot of different ingredients in my paste, but the inspiration was to go back to that. The good thing with it is now you could actually create a curry from scratch in less time than you could ring your Indian takeaway and book a meal and go and collect it. <laughs> yeah. It's literally four minutes. It's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Can of coconut milk, half a jar of curry paste and a bag of raw prawns, put it in a pan, bring it up to the heat, four minutes, job done, curry. I mean, amazing. <laughs> but, and it does taste pretty similar. So 
to go back to your question, when you find something that tastes so damn good, yeah. you've just got to do something that is your own stamp on it. And that's mm. that's for me where I was with that one. But other people's stuff in jars and bottles, really, really good, really unique. I've found some interesting ones, but now I just like always putting my slant on things. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, so it's, 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 a, it's a question that has no defined answer, yeah. you sort of mean. So, yeah, we, we find some people who are like, oh, God, I wish I'd made that. And then there's others like yourself. It's like, actually, just take influence from where you go and your travels around the world. Definitely. It really worked. It was like we had a conversation at a festival not long ago uh, with a, a Kiwi chef, and it was a weird set of coincidences because it turns out we both lived in New Zealand at the same time, like one road from each other, and we we must have like bumped into each other across paths at some point for That's the year crazy. we were there. Um, but what I couldn't get used to over there was all the meat. Every every like Maori dish is served with like crushed fruit, and I'm like, I just don't. I'm I'm having like I feel like I'm having apple pie with chicken here, and it was really bizarre. But pineapple on your pizza. Let's not go there, right? <laughs> friend of ours um, and he's like no pineapple on pizza is great yeah. that's Martin yeah um, well he did um, banana on, on pizza because because uh, Leslie kept on this woman kept on going on about putting banana on pizza now I, I don't like bananas but do you know what it was one of the nicest things I've ever had <laughs> because the, the banana actually goes like almost creamy when it's hot and it, it, was, it was amazing it's like why have you not had this yeah. You're going to have to try that now. Definitely going to have absolutely, to try that. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about your range then? Are you looking to... Can, so let me get this straight. So you've got spices in some form. So, so dry spices, if you will, in various yep. forms. You've got your range of chutneys. You've got a range of sauces. Yep. Um, you've got a separate charcuterie business, which we'll probably talk about in another podcast, yeah. I think, because it's worth its worth its own podcast, I think. Um, am I missing anything? Uh, we did bring out three bars of chocolate. So we've got a white, a milk, and a semi-dark chocolate. Uh, I can run you through them briefly. So basically, the yeah, white one is a raspberry ghost. So it's basically, okay. it's all Calabout chocolate. Uh, so it's all Belgian. Uh, so you basically got white chocolate, dehydrated raspberry, and ghost chili. So, uh, ungrown ghost chili. So all the chilies that are in them have all been grown and dried by the guy that used to live next door here. Uh, good to have him friends that uh, can do yeah, jobs yeah. for you. Uh, the medium one is called Gin Fizz. So that's a uh, beautiful Belgian milk chocolate with popping candy in there that's slightly lemony flavoured. And it used to have gin in the actual chocolate bar. It's now not. It's now got substitute oil flavours in there, yeah. which makes it a bit better. Uh, so we've kind of recreated a ginny kind of flavour through using some uh, Laran oils. Uh, and uh, that has Ahi Lemon chilli in it. We've then got the hotter one out of the three, which is the Rum and Reaper. So we use a butter rum flavouring in nice. a... 55% dark chocolate okay. and uh, yeah so obviously that's got powdered reapers in there yeah. so yeah it's quite a clean one it's nice if you like a hint of rum and you like a bit of dark chocolate Yeah, absolutely. so we've got those three we've got pickles we've kind of got the pickle lily was the original then we I think it was 2014 or 2015 uh, literally just thought you know what I'm going to on what was it uh, April Fool's Day I photoshopped uh, the original pickle lily put it on as a saleable item and said this year we're just launching painful piccalilli. It wasn't um, there was no ingredients described on there and six people ordered it that much. <laughs> so, so I just went to town on it. It's literally got seven pots in there, reapers in there, reaper powder. Like, it's just it's ridiculous and it's it's pretty tasty to be fair. That now actually outsells the standard piccalilli, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got a few pickles, but like you say, the chutneys, the sauces. So we've got about thirty-five skews out in total. Yeah, got you. Okay, cool. And you've been so you've been training for just over ten years. Just coming up, just coming up for, but yeah, growing for more than ten. Yeah. Okay, so 
with that in mind, what you've seen of the UK chili scene within that time, you know, if you go back to when you started to, to now, how has it kind of changed or progressed to you and what do you see as the future so, as well? So I first met the likes of Russ from Grim Reaper Foods and saw his products and a couple of other people that were knocking about and read about quite a few people that were just trading and probably about to finish uh, what they were doing from the, uh, is it Gideon Burroughs, the Chili Britain book? Yeah, yeah. Great read, but sadly because I set up a little bit too late, I missed out getting in the book. Yeah, but funny that was, the, yeah. Yeah, so the people that are featured in that book, I've actually met and traded next to and kind of, you know, this, that and the other. So for me, the chili scene's changed a little bit, but I think people's taste buds actually are. I think we've gone past that peak of people wanting the, you know, the hot stuff. And yes, you still get the fools turning up. What's your artist, mate? I said, get boring. But <laughs> you still kind of got people that want some hot stuff, but it's more predominantly people that want flavour yeah. with something that's got a bit of spice, but that's not going to kill we, them. We've also found that people are actually asking about, like, coming up and going, Germany sources with a, a particular chili. Chili in there, right? yeah. 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 Yeah, so, so it shows that people are getting a bit more edu- educated. It's yeah. just sad that it's, it's kind of like wine in the sense of things sometimes, doesn't yeah. it? People say, "Well, I like a rosé, I like a white wine," but actually, yeah, and, but those as you kind of progress into it more, it's actually, well, I like a Sauvignon Blanc specifically from New Zealand, or yeah. I like you know, on one of there's certain chilies yeah, that people chili, don't yeah. get on with, which is yeah. probably why they're looking for that. So, yeah. Yeah. but now, I mean, when I set up, I actually uh, thought about the marketplace and what people were doing. And when I went to Great Dorset Chili Festival for the first time, it was literally like the Scooby-Doo show of hot sauce. Mm-hmm. It's like there were so many stores that were just selling hot sauce. And I'm like, well, that's great if people only want to buy hot sauce, but <laughs> if people want to buy something that's a bit different, yeah. I'm going to make that. Yeah. So I predominantly had more chutneys so that I would do good sales on the chutneys and, you know, the stuff that people were after that wasn't sauce. Uh, I also thought about the fact that people were turning up as a family now. Now, in the late 90s, the male bravado of, oh, what the, what the really hot stuff. Yeah. Well, he's moved on. He's now got a family. He's probably got a wife and a couple of kids. Yeah. So if I make something that the wife's going to want to use, and maybe something for the kids, you've got your three for a tenner. You know, so yeah. business is interesting, but sadly, a lot of people that don't exist now probably aren't in business for the fact that they didn't actually look at what was on the chili scene and what they wanted to do with their business going forward. I'd like a few different products, and in the next year, we're going to bring a few more out. So I've been working hard to look at getting a chipotle sauce, a decent piri-piri sauce, but it's not necessarily going to be called piri, but it's going to have my stamp on it. So I've yeah. got a few things that I've been wanting to bring out, but I've left on the back burner to make sure I get it right. So I'm not rushing these things. No, it's, I think it's a good move. And yeah. I, think, I think you're looking at things that are not only on trend, but I think have got legs personally. You know I mean? Chipotle, we as a nation, we know what that is now and we seek it out and we enjoy it and you can find it in so many run-of-the-mill supermarket products, yep. which is great. Piri Piri, I mean, like it or lump it, but I think Nando's is, is someone to thank for that. It's a good benchmark. It, it, People yeah, know what it is as well. People yeah. know what it is. And again, but that was... Uh, you know, back in the days when we were trading with sauce, you know, that was another one you were saying about curries, but say, well, I can take Nando's, such and such. Yes, you know, exactly. That, and, yeah. But I get that's a start. It's a benchmark. So, but it has put the, that kind of slightly lemony, citric, piri piri sauce under our nose, which is, which is great, really. I mean, but um, the other thing that we're starting to see is um, things like natural fermented, lactic fermentation, uh, fermentation, sorry, that kind of thing. That's uh, sort of growing in popularity from what we see. Um, and also one of the other things that I think we're seeing a lot more of are the like chili oils. Yeah. What you might call the crunches, the chili crunches. Do you know what I mean? So we're not talking yeah. a, a, a clean oil per se. We're talking oil with a lot of like fried roasted garlic and, do you know and what? chili and all As that. As someone that goes to chili festivals, 
unless it's someone that I know and trust, I won't touch them. Do you know why I won't touch them? Go on. Because so many people in this industry, and I hate to say it... Don't tell me they're using fresh. If if you're one of them, uh, you need to be careful about posting questions on Facebook and Facebook groups (laughs) asking how to do stuff, because I'm not being funny. You've got one basic to make, and that's just get below a certain pH for a shelf-stable product. And if you're using fresh, like you've just said, Jay, you need shooting, because... Yeah, of course you do. the charcuterie, I've got so many hurdles to get a safe product. Mm-hmm. With a chilli sauce or a chilli oil, it's very basic. Mm-hmm. You're asking questions on Facebook. You really need to sit in the corner and have a word with yourself. Yeah. But yeah, it's so dangerous. And I have and do sell chilli to someone that I know makes oil. And I'm pretty sure it's not a safe product. Are they and not I drawing have... it out? I are they literally making so. a nice big jar of botulism for everybody else? I think so, yes. <laughs> so that is the reason why I won't touch wow. oil. I will basically use uh, Burning Desires because I trust Jason yeah. and I know him a lot. Good products. And yeah. uh, Grim Reaper. But apart from that, I generally steer clear because I don't know them and I don't yeah. know their standards. I think so. there's, there's a couple of other good ones out there for yeah, us. Yeah, the Bath, um, is it Bath Crest Oil? Rapeseed Oil, which is which used to work with. Uh, yeah, those, those, those are okay. yeah, yeah, But also, Chili Maven. Yeah. Um, there's Salsa Match is absolutely on point um, and we know that's safely made and same good to get some recommendations yeah, somewhere as well so oh, okay. if you know Joe um, somewhere who um, I think they might have been a great Dorset recently yes. I can't remember so, yeah. uh, Jason's talked about the guy a few He's times very, but I've never met him good. so yeah, yeah. Knows, knows his craft but same like, um, somewhere it's, that's the other thing we, we've noticed is there's a big influence of like the East Asian sort of style yeah cheese products like the sambals and then um, Kona brought out the, the hot reaper one or no, the hot no, one the, oh the Bob Goggy yeah, yeah the oh, right, like a Korean barbecue style sauce yeah because yeah, again Goshu Gang's massive at the moment yeah the yeah. Korean yeah. trend started five yeah. six years ago and I think people have got on board with that yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, we, 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 I, when we did our podcast with uh, Stuart from Hot Heads he trying to say it's weird because people try to bring it out and it sort of dips down and, and doesn't do anything and all of a sudden there's a massive resurgence in it I think with like the the Korean stuff and that, that's it's currently on this mass resurgence. Right. Into the... Yeah. You mentioned about fermented sauces. Now, I used to like a fermented sauce. Ever after having a chili farm in Stratford up at Avon, <laughs> I can't get near a fermented sauce. And if you've ever walked in a polytunnel towards halfway through picking season, yeah, and you've got definitely. fruit all over the floor that's starting yeah. to rot and it smells like a fermented sauce. You'll realise, looking at the chilies all over the floor, that you would not want to eat a fermented... I mean, <laughs> it's just literally because of my experience and seeing chilies on the floor and the brain associates that smell with a fermented chilli sauce. So yeah. I can't go back there now. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like walking around and squishing chilies and, yeah, having to wait till clean-up time in January. But, yeah, fermented wow. sauces are great, but not for me anymore. Nothing like a bit of food, food PTSD <laughs> as you're walking through a polytunnel. Exactly, yeah. Wow, man, yeah, I know. <laughs> Normally, it's... Uh, 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 are the sauna like quicker qualities people people moan about with, with, with polytunnels oh no <laughs> yeah 57 like... degrees was warm but you get used to it Although yeah I, don't, I was going to 55 the other day it's, oh, it's painful bonkers isn't it I know it's like you literally harvest at like 5am so you can be done by 6 otherwise you're just melting and there's... 15 litres of water later and you're still <laughs> yeah. you know you've still not been for a pee all day and you're like I think something's wrong with my body <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I think I've actually any... started cooking <laughs> yeah no, that's just it I think if in any other circumstance you worry wouldn't you but yeah being in polytunnel you know what is what it's like so so have you still got polytunnels no so when i started doing the shark eater i actually stopped with the growing because the the way that i run it basically i used to sell half to three quarters of the crop and keep the rest Mm -hmm. now given the fact that i've still got a lot of chili in a lot of freezers don't need to be growing at the moment 
So I'm trying to get through some of that stock. I've still got all the growing gear and I've still got connections to, you know, help me along into getting something set back up. And yeah. some, I've still got places available to do it if I want. But at the minute, my time is more focused on pushing prices, spices forward and definitely curates with the charcuterie. So yeah. there's only so many hours a day and as much as I love growing, uh, just don't need to at the moment. <laughs> that, well, that's great in, in a sense because it does take, it takes time, it takes money, yeah. as you well know. And, you know, there's nothing nothing more joyful than sitting in a polytunnel on a dreary, like, <laughs> January kind of trying to germinate and get everything done. So something to look forward to in a couple of months' time. Yeah. So... Uh, I would say a couple of months, but I don't know whatever time of year it is now. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't I, yeah, I don't blame you, mate. I, I don't blame you. If you've got a source for it, you know what I mean. Then, then great, good on you. Um, we failed to ask you, what's your website? Oh, it's www.pricesspices.com. So everything is prices spices, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just forward slash prices spices. Sweet Snapchat. You up with the kids. No, I, <laughs> I, I definitely don't think I'm down with the uh, the kids on Snapchat. I don't understand anything that yeah. disappears after 24 hours because when you start getting older and you forget stuff, I like to look back and go, who, who did a message on what day? I don't need it disappearing. That's really not good for the brain. Most of my relationships disappear after about 24 hours. So maybe, maybe I am Snapchat. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to do after hours ones? Intriguing. <laughs> Frightening, yeah. Upsetting is probably the right term. Um, cool. Like, so I think we're around about that time, yeah. aren't we? So Mike, uh, Michael, more to the point, sorry. Um, thank you so much for your time. No, we're going to revisit you because I want to talk about curates. I want to know yeah. more about the charcuterie because I know that's a fairly newish venture for you compared to your uh, price of spices definitely I think we can just come back on that one don't we Nick and yeah. then uh, thank you another two hours at the road is it thanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you for listening to us as always um, do check out our other podcasts um, and you are listening to That's Opportunity uh, we'll see you again soon cheers for now if you'd like to learn more about the wonderful world of chilies then don't forget to subscribe to this podcast find us on Facebook Instagram or YouTube under Clifton Chili Club